till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. Hi, I'm Mimi Hall. And I'm Leanna House. And you're listening to Thanks Cancer. We are two cancer friends. And we're not doctors. We're not nurses. We're not shrinks. We're not psychics. We're not shamans. No, and cancer's pretty hard, too. I mean, cancer's a little hard. You might hear some swearing words in the episode. Ben, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish that we had when we were going through our treatment. Hey, guys. A couple of weeks ago, we sat down with Rudy Fishman, who has a YouTube channel, Brain Cancer Diaries, and we did an episode for his show. This is the behind the scenes of that YouTube video, so I hope you enjoy it. And go check out Progressive Panther on YouTube to see the Thanks Cancer episode and our video debut of Thanks Cancer. Um, do you guys have any questions before we get started or anything? I guess I kind of, do we have any goals for today's conversations? And do you see a particular arc of story or should we just freestyle? I think it's getting mostly freestyle. I don't know how many or any episodes have you seen. It's just kind of like the whole idea of the series is, I mean, I have brain cancer. I'm in the first year. I'm kind of coming into your rips and trying to understand it. So I talk and kind of, I mean, the first few episodes were just me kind of babbling into my phone. And then it sort of evolved as I started to meet people in the, the cancer, various cancer worlds. And so it's kind of evolved into more like about featuring other people. And now what I'm interested in you guys is this sort of this whole sort of podcast world and how I think that, I mean, I think it's really good for people, whether they have cancer or not, to to pay some attention to, to them because it will help you understand everybody. I mean, everybody's going to get cancer if they live long enough. I mean. That's, that's a really good attitude, actually. I like I mean, that. I mean, <laughs> but, I mean, hopefully, hopefully, no, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen to everybody. But I mean, that's fact. I mean, if you live long enough, you will get a cancer, just maybe 117. But that's fact. Um, everybody, I mean, even as it is, I mean, it's like, you know, like 40% of the population has some sort of cancer. So everybody knows somebody. So it's, it just helps people. I mean, one of my pet peeves is, is, and I heard you say something similar in one of your episodes. I can't remember which one, but it's just sort of, I think it was the things you shouldn't say. It's trying to understand what somebody else is. It's not a me too thing. It's a, it's a, you just got to empathize with people. You don't say, I know what you're going through. Um, but I understand that it's very difficult. Um, I feel bad for your situation. Let me know how I can help. That's probably a better attitude for people to have. And I think podcasts kind of help people with that. I mean, all those you just sort of talking about, I mean, you think about like breast cancer. I mean, I remember when I hit, it was the first cancer that I was really aware of because people talked yeah. about it. You know, I didn't know much about other cancers. I had heard of brain cancer, but that's about it, you know. And brain cancer, I mean, it's if you look at the numbers, statistically, it's almost as high as breast cancer, but people don't really realize that. Um, because so, no one's talking about it? Yeah. Except nobody's, you. nobody's talking about it. And the other thing, too, is men don't really talk about it. I mean, and you guys, I mean, it's like you've had like one or two male guests. It's like I'm guessing you're – I'm guessing your audience is largely female too, just because it is very breast cancer centric. Um, so I think it's important that people talk about both cancers 
general cancers and then also to just men being a little bit more comfortable talking about it because that's the key. I mean, that's going to be the key to getting people behind it. I mean, it's part of the reason why there's been so many advances in breast cancers because people aren't afraid to talk about it anymore. It's no longer your grandma's breast cancer that everybody died from, you know? Yeah, and also to your point, Brady, too, like my ex-boyfriend was the one who found my tumor. So men are a huge part of diagnosis, too, and prevention for breast cancer as well. So anyway, with that, we can get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brain Cancer Diaries. I'm here with the host of Thanks Cancer, a podcast. Yes, there are podcasts about cancer, and I enjoyed the Thanks Cancer podcast quite a bit because I feel like you know, I feel like a lot of people can get a lot of things out of it. Um, it's a good good for people to check these out so you kind of understand a little bit the road that people, regardless of they have breast cancer, brain cancer, prostate, bowel cancer, testicular cancer, whatever you have. I think it's important that you kind of get a taste for for what people are suffering and go through so you can kind of be a better friend, supporter, whatever you want, a caregiver, whatever. Thanks, cancer. Their big thing is, um, at least as the best as I understand, all of them explain is just sort of that they um, make the podcast they wish they would have would have existed when they were first going through their initial diagnosis and treatment and all that. Um, I myself in my first year and one week I'll be at my one year anniversary. Yay! Um, but so I'm very much. In the, I'm very much a newbie to this, so I'm looking forward to talking to them. But I'll let them say a little bit about what the Thanks Cancer uh, podcast is all about. Guys, go ahead. Sure. So am I thanks or am I cancer? Be thanks. I'll be cancer. <laughs> Cancer's powerful. So thanks is powerful, too. I am Leanna House. And I'm Mimi Hall. And we are Thanks Cancer. And we are on video this time, which I realized as we started recording, I was yeah. like, I have to worry about what I look like. It's now. our video debut, so thank you for having <laughs> yes, us. Yes, we really appreciate we couldn't figure out YouTube yet. Yeah. Um, but I'm Leanna House. I was diagnosed in 2016 with breast cancer, um, hormone positive, for 2 septum negative for people who are interested in things like that. I was stage three. Um, I went through chemotherapy, uh, a single mastectomy and radiation and reconstruction. And um, I'm living my best life, I guess. Uh, <laughs> two years later, almost three, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So I'm no evidence of disease and hoping to stay that way. Yeah, me too. Me too. We don't want to do that episode. We don't want to do that episode. No, although we would so be famous. We, we struggle with this. It's like a quick, it's a quick, quick yeah. And I'm Mimi and um, I was diagnosed, let's see, it's almost four years ago now. So that feels pretty good to say. Going on four years, um, I was diagnosed with pretty aggressive um, stage 2B grade 3 pertunoia positive breast cancer. Um, I did not test positive for the BRCA gene or anything like that, And um, but it was pretty aggressive. I had four tumors to my right breast. I decided to get a bilateral mastectomy with immediate reconstruction, which is not immediate, <laughs> the name implies. And um, yeah, and, and here I am. Like all those reconstructions later, I finished up about, let's see, totally with all the surgeries and everything, writ large after a lot of chemotherapy and whatnot about two and a half years after the journey started so and, and then we started thanks cancer a little over a year ago yeah march 4th yeah 2018 yeah. and so thanks cancer is 
just over a year old. And so Leanne and I met at his, it was, it wasn't a support group. It was like a facing forward group. Um, I hadn't participated in a lot of groups. I sort of isolated during my treatment. That's how I dealt with things, sort of finding information more on my own. And um, I, Leanne and I met the first day of this group, which was sort of a nine session series about how to live your life after cancer. And I promptly insulted her and we've been yes. best friends ever since. I liked it. <laughs> Shelby was on the wrong side of the room. And I was like, hmm. So one of the things I enjoy about the Thanks Cancer podcast is that you guys are fairly blunt. Um, you're not afraid to yeah. swear and talk in sort of honest terms like your doctor won't um, or people won't. So, or a lot of I mean, I wouldn't want my doctor to be like us. <laughs> I don't know. I would be fine with it. Yeah, I would not. We, we differ. <laughs> we do differ a little bit. A little bit. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's one of the things. Uh, I myself, especially um, when you see the next episode, which do you know who Molly Marco is? Life is Kitsch on Twitter. That's Molly. Yeah, that'll be ready tonight. I'll, po- I'll post that. But, awesome. We'll check that out. But anyway, yeah, she had a, she was very, very blunt. She's a three-year brain cancer survivor, and yeah. she has a lot of – I mean, she's a has a baby GBM. I don't know if you know the terminology for brain cancer, but GBM is – A little bit, unfortunately, yeah. GBM you, is the one you don't want, so. Except spidery glioblastoma yeah 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 it's bad so um but she's trucking along she's a three-year survivor endurer whatever you want to say Uh, that's kind of one thing i wanted to talk to you guys about is kind of where you sort of stand on the fence and some of the terminology just also see how breast cancer terminology is a little different than brain cancer i mean um i mean i know a lot in breast cancer they talk a lot about the stage whereas brain it's all about the grade Oh. Right. Yeah, that is interesting, actually, well, because you don't. Great is about how fast it grows, and in the breast, right. like it doesn't really matter if it takes over your whole breast because you could just cut it off anyway. I think I. Well, I don't know. I don't, what grade were you? Diana? Well, I am. I am grade two slash three, and primarily okay. a two, but it has. It's a very aggressive two, and it has some right. tendencies like a three. Um, and uh. it's. it's Maybe a baby GBM, maybe not. It depends on who you talk to. Part of my journey, too, has been switching teams. You guys are from the Boston area, right? We have some pretty good teams on our side. Yeah, so you're very lucky. I I think you're at Dana-Farber, right? Mm-hmm. That's I right. Mean, you're, and you're you're in Knoxville, Tennessee, being treated in a different state. Yeah, right? I go to Duke now because oh, of okay. what I've been through. Because they, I was. This has been like a five year journey to even get diagnosed. So, <laughs> what? So you that were having like, Can you talk to us a little bit about? I'm sorry, we're like taking over your your. your shoes, okay. What were your first symptoms? Like, what what was the beginning of the five-year journey? Well, the type of cancer I had is actually technically a pediatric cancer, so I may have even had it as a kid, for all I know, and just was in. We heard this a lot with brain cancers. Remember our friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A long time. Um. Anyway, I was living in Richmond, Virginia, and I was a real estate agent at the time, and I was in a lot of older homes with like slanted floors and things like that, and. Um, I noticed that I started getting these weird dizzy spells whenever I'd go on like sort of uneven surfaces. And then gradually over time, it got worse and worse. I got went to the point where I went to an amusement park and went on a roller coaster. I wasn't just kind of off for like five or 10 minutes after you got off. It would be like 30 minutes. It would take me. And then getting more prone to car sickness and it just got worse and worse. And then about a, a year ago, a little over a year ago, 
it got really bad. I was working incredibly long hours and super stressed and I just was sleeping all the time. And, um, I had been, um, I'd seen a bunch of doctors over the years to kind of figure out the thing. And the most recent diagnosis I had actually was allergies. What? Yeah, that was so not good to see. Like mold or something? Like what? Yeah, I mean, Eastern, working too much? Eastern Tennessee, um, uh, it has one of the highest pollen counts in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So it, they, so they thought it was maybe related to that. I used to be heavily involved in martial arts. So they thought maybe it was a pinched nerve or something in my neck. Right, inflammation from all the whacking around and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then so they thought that I had allergies. It was one of the things. And then also, of course, exhaustion like Mariah Carey. (sighs) (laughs) Right. The exhaustion's real. Like, that was one of my first symptoms, too, was just feeling so tired, like like on a beautiful June day, like wanting to go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, there's just something very powerful, this kind of exhaustion. And it just sucks your strength. Yeah, and I just want to say this. One of the reasons I asked about that is that my type, so it's interesting. So with my type of Hertunoia cancer, they do count the grade. And my type of cancer, 33% of women who were treated for this type of breast cancer I have, do go on to have brain cancer. So I'm always very curious about hearing, hey, what did that feel like? And what were the symptoms like? Because statistically, I have a fairly good chance of getting that type of cancer with the type of breast cancer that it's I have. It's pretty dark. I'll be on the lookout for you. You know, no, I, I hey, have to well, look out good, for things like the, dizziness because this is something I've heard before. Well, the good news is, is that most cancers before you die end with brain cancer. So there's that. This is really important that we share this information so we can all be prepared. It's like menopause. We've got to talk about it. So that we can remember that we are all potential brain cancer. We are. Yes. So what do, so breast cancer people call themselves, I do not call us this, but they call themselves breast Oh God, it's awesome. I know. To me. I mean, um, for me. Is there, me too. I cannot say that okay. unironically. That's not my thing. We're not breasties. No. Um, I don't really look like you anyway. You're my friend. <laughs> so what do brain cancer? It's a good question. I don't think there's really a good answer for that. Yeah. Um, actually, I told you I just interviewed Molly Marco, and um, yeah. she is involved with a lot of survivors. Um, I use the term endure. That's kind of mine because I feel I like. I like that. Well, I, no, can we call brain cancer people brainiacs? I love that. It sounds cool. So, so run with it. Hey, okay. run with that. <laughs> but brainiacs, yes, endure. I totally agree. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the few really positives to brain cancer is that there are some really cool terminology. Like I have an astrocytoma. That sounds pretty cool. It sounds like you're in space, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Spacey? Like you got cancer in space. I don't know. The astro. Maybe you, I mean, we're all technically in space. It's true. Um, so how, what type sort of treatment are you getting for this? Are you getting radiation to the brain or well, surgery or both or chemo? Well, I'll go into the full story. I can always edit it down. But, um, okay. Um, but the... Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's even this thing called the gamma knife. That they use. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool, huh? Did you have a gamma knife applied to you? I did not have the gamma knife because I have a a different type of cancer. But anyway, so um, I told you they had diagnosed me with allergies, and then that was later switched to vestibular migraines, which is sort of a variety of migraines where you don't actually get a headache. You just get dizzy spells. They thought maybe I had Nears disease, some other things. Um... 
And then uh, but nobody wanted to test me because I was a young, healthy male. I used to do triathlons and things. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I was 45 at the time. So they were just mm-hmm. like, it didn't make sense that I had cancer. Um, 40, yeah, 45, sorry. My math's a little off. I bring cancer, so I have an excuse. So <laughs> I do the same thing about my diagnosis, though, too. I, I always get the year wrong for some reason. I think it's connected. It's like we don't want to remember. <laughs> well, we have chemo brain, but, like, you really have a better excuse. Yeah, like, and we'll talk about things. that when we get into my chemo regimen because that's one thing I definitely noticed is a lot different than the breast cancer regimen. Okay, so. oh, I'm sure. Um, so then they thought vestibular migraines, and I was like, it's not right. Like I said, my wife was getting concerned because I was sleeping so much. So yeah. she said, you're getting a second opinion. And so I arranged, I live a three-hour drive from Atlanta, and yeah. I go there all the time for work. And so I went to go see a neurologist, and she was – it was just the level of everything was just completely different right away. She did all these tests that were completely foreign to me, but were very, very simple. And she's like, well, I don't think it could be a tumor or anything, but let's go ahead and just get you an MRI just to be on the safe side. And, and then July 9th, I went to go get an MRI. Um, they checked me in. I went to, I got the MRI and I got all the fun music and noises in my ears. And then, they're like, you can't leave the office. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's never good. That happened to me too. I know. Yeah. Um, I called my wife. What's going on? Yeah. Called my wife. My work was great. They arranged for a hotel for her that night. And I, was, I went straight to the emergency room and was talking to a neuro-oncologist like a couple hours later. And they were like, you have a, you have something weird in your head. We don't know what it is, but we needed to do a biopsy and figure out what it is. They did a biopsy, uh, the next day. Um, um, that's a whole thing with insurance and everything like that, where my head was too open. So I wound up having complications. I almost died actually after that biopsy. Oh no. Uh, so I had a second surgery right after that. Cause I had some, um, and they did like a full, they, they did, um, a resection on all they could take out of, Basically, it's in my cerebellum and my brainstem. They removed all the stuff from my cerebellum plus some and left all the stuff in the cerebellum or in the brainstem, sorry. Um, They left all the stuff in the brainstem. So what I like to tell people is that they basically pulled out a third of my brain and then filled it up with rocks because they sealed it up with surgical cement. So. (gasps) Wait, cement? Surgical cement, so. But that's like, that's like, that's like, like, is it, like, I mean, really, what is it made of? Did you ask? It's, I think it's, you ask for a sample? I think it's silicone. Isn't it? I think it's like a gluey, silicone kind of thing. I don't know. I would want, like, a sample that I could hold in my hand to be like, this is what's in my brain. This is, it, my only real question along those lines to my neurosurgeon was more sort of, you can see, to see where my head was at was I asked him sort of the classic joke of, like, hey, doc. Will I be able to play violin again? And then he was like, I don't see why not. And I was like, that's great because I never could play it before. There's a classic that's great. But what about the beautiful moment? But what about the martial arts? Um, what about the martial arts? It didn't have. How's it go? I mean, have you gotten back? Have you kicked some no. bags? Or like... I mean, I have a little bit. Actually, one of my episodes, I think 15 or 16, I get into that the first time, but it was. I mean, I was about 15 minutes into class and I was done. So it's. Yeah, and that's a whole other thing. I mean, just when we talk about the chemo, it's it's a right. It's totally hard to tell a, what's happening right now. It's a monster. I mean, I definitely I, one thing I've learned is that all cancers are connected, um, right. but we all suffer in different ways. So, right. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, uh, yeah, especially according to where it is, like you said. I mean, and also, I mean, the thing that I realized in getting breast cancer, too, is that unlike your brain or other critical organs, these are actually appendages. Yeah. You can cut them off. I mean, it's one of the easier. I, I started to really appreciate that as I started to get to know people who've had to get unpacked and repacked uh-huh. and go through brain things. Breast and brain cancer radiation. is the easiest amputation, and I will stand by that. It's really one of the easier amputations. Uh, testicular cancer is up there. You know what I mean? They're both emotionally yeah. difficult, I think. But as but far testicular as- cancer, like that is like your whole masculinity in ways that boobs are not. And I think for some women it is like that though too. Yes. But they're easier to replace. I think there's a level of acceptance in society and a level of technology too to replace it. And a lot of women have paved this path for us because I think I feel pretty differently actually if we just had to like use forms to stay in there. Do you know what I mean? But the fact that we can get reconstructed because again, it's like it's a pretty easy amputation, except on an emotional level. Um, yeah. You know, and especially if you want to have kids, like Leanna wanted someday, it's, you know, it's a pretty fraught emotional area, actually. So here's my question, though, about brain cancer. Mm. Actually, before that, I was one more thing I want to hit, because this is bothering me. I was listening to your testicular cancer episode, and you guys had questions about the implants. Um, yeah. They are, they're actually made of latex, silicon and latex. Okay. Oh, what did we say? And they have some cute know. name like um, Nudicles or something like that. I can't remember. They are originally developed for dogs and then somebody is making them for for um, for humans now. Um, it's a whole thing. I was going crazy listening to the episode. I'm like, no. <laughs> well, let's no, clarify man. that. Okay, so we'll make that correction. We're going to we'll make, make sure. We'll make it known. No, we'll just make it known. Like, yeah, great. So Although we'll find I, the information on that. I'd get BB-8 also too if I could, which I think is what – the guy who you interviewed said he wanted he wanted implants in the shape of BB-8 in his time if he was going to do it. <laughs> I think that is you, you've got to you've got to make it fun, right? Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so after I was discharged, after I got my second surgery, my second craniotomy, um, they actually were able to open it up from the same same spot that they did okay. the biopsy. So um, I've got new cement put in my head. Um, um, that went much better. It was actually a shorter surgery, which shows you that it's kind of alluding back to like all the problems I had with the first one. Um, um, I was assigned to University of Tennessee. Um, I worked with the oncology department here in Knoxville. Um, but as you might guess, being a rural area and not quite as populated as Boston, they don't get a lot of brain cancer. As far as I know, there's only right. one or two other brain cancer patients even in the city of Knoxville. Um, but I got interest from Harvard and actually the National Cancer Institute because my cancer is super rare and Duke. Um, because, and Duke is, fortunately, Duke is only a five-hour drive away. Um, um, and it's like... I mean, it's like the Dana-Farber of breast cancer. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the Dana-Farber right. of brain right. cancer. I mean, it's like one of the best places in the United States. So it's well worth the five-hour drive. Five hours just seems like a really long way. It's like you were excited, and that's like that's like your silver lining really hard. And I appreciate that. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I recently actually, I mean, I continued my relationship with the University of Tennessee for some of my chemo because I was on two types of chemotherapy, not just one, get double the fun. Um, and also just seeing a local and got my radiology, my radiation done here um, and all that. But I recently fired University of Tennessee because 
they it's just not the same level of care. The doctors at Duke are much nicer, and Duke has made my tumor shrink. Uh, mm-hmm. Tennessee hasn't, so um, mm-hmm. there's more, more of the story. How would you fire your care team face to face over a text message? Well. They don't officially know yet, but they will by the time this episode goes out. I love that. I don't know, because um, we want to do an episode about how to fire your care team. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, it is hard. Uh, basically, I, I have a new oncologist lined up who is in Knoxville, but this person kind of works outside of the university system and has a working relationship with Duke and doesn't mind kind of tag-teaming a case instead of... That's right taking orders from somebody who knows infinitely more about, I mean, Duke, you know, all I look at is cancer. My current oncologist, I mean, I'm sure she's a great breast cancer doctor. Breast cancer, as you guys know, is a lot different than brain cancer. Um, I'm very excited about, about, about what the future holds and working with this new doctor and all that. So um, you were asked about chemo and radiation. I know that breast cancer world the big and how many rounds are you you've been on? It's like Yeah. I don't really know. I mean initially I was like in six weeks of of chemo pills every day and radiation every day and and went through that. Um that fun. Um and then had a little bit of a break, but starting in January I basically am on I take chemo pills every day and then I also get infusion every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been doing that since January and I'll be doing that at least through the end of this year. So lots of fun in my life right now. So mm-hmm. how, what are the side effects yeah. of the chemo that yeah. you're on right now? Um, I've actually done pretty well. Fortunately, my main thing is just fatigue. Mm-hmm. I mean, I basically slept all of November and December. So yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, Breast cancer sometimes gets like that, especially in the sort of first six months to a year. Some people sleep a lot like that as well, too. But, but yeah, that was the big thing. Um, I've had some – really, the bigger thing is recovering from the surgeries more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I had a lot of brain swelling. So I had what's called a midline shift, which isn't good. You know how your brain has different quadrants? Basically, yeah. the middle of my brain had shifted to the side so that's really not good because it puts pressure on your brain stem and causes all sorts of things unfortunately I had a lot of extra room because like I said they scooped out a lot of my cerebellum which is some complications so I have a lot of um, dizziness issues it's kind of gotten better over time but I have I feel like a stiff wind basically could knock me over at any time and fully working on that so that's kind of like my big thing is is fatigue and that sort of just not having great balance it's gotten better in recent months as as my swelling has gone away my, my shift is gone now um thanks to duke they got rid of it and um so uh so i'm happy about that um but um still a long way to go it's a slog i mean just like any cancer it's just got to keep on trucking it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my question is, and this is the question that I asked my my other closest, like brain cancer person. So maybe this is an inappropriately blunt question, but so for me and my breast cancer, it brought up a bunch of identity issues, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. what I didn't identify readily as a, a cancer person, mm-hmm. and then going through like the emotional and psychological effects of what that does to your identity and, you know, your body 
betrays you. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a bunch of identity issues and I wonder if it's like an additional layer because it's brain cancer, because my, my identity doesn't sit in my breast the way that I feel like it sits kind of in my head. Yeah. So is that, is, is it even more of a mind fuck when it's in your mind? Uh, (laughs) Um, yes and no. I mean, it's, it's weird because like, I think like yourself is, I don't think of myself as a cancer person. I just have this horrible ailment that I got to kind of slog through. Maybe that'll change in time. Um, even my, I mean, my wife tries to get me to, to join a lot of support groups and things like that. And I have met a lot of people with brain cancer and stuff and gotten support from that. And I see a therapist and, and all that, but I still don't think of myself as somebody with brain cancer. I just feel like I'm having a really crappy year. <laughs> I mean, you sound like you've had a crappy, like five years. Yeah. It really didn't get that bad though until probably about a year and a half ago. It was one of the six months before diagnosis that I, it really started to go up like a hunt, like 80%. It was really bad because before it would be like, I just go in a quiet room, close my eyes for a little bit and I feel better or whatever. I mean, but then to kind of finish the question in terms of identity, um, I mean, I'm, you might be able to tell I'm a little bit of a type A personality. <laughs> Triathlete. No big deal. Yeah. Martial arts. Just cash. Yeah. Um, just decided to start this, this video log or whatever this is. And it's kind of taken off interview people from four countries already. And nice. I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but I'm just sort of going with it. Um, it's forced <laughs> me to slow down about 700%. So, um, it's been great the last month or so I've had a lot more energy instead of sleeping like 18 to 22 hours a day I'm only sleeping like 8 to 10 hours a day um, in terms yay of, so that's you're a like bit, a normal person yeah it's almost like a normal person <laughs> um, so in terms of identity yeah it's like I'm definitely I'm definitely a different person than I was it's like I'm just looking at a new chapter in my life I guess mm-hmm. I've done a lot of different things in my life, and so it's just look at it as yet another sort of chapter. Um, and just hope I'm just looking forward to getting to the point where I can kind of get to a sort of a good baseline where I feel like I can be up a good chunk of the day and do things and be productive. So, you know what's more hardcore than triathlons? brain cancer yeah. yeah like that is like yeah. way more hardcore you yeah. couldn't go for like one of the easy cancer i mean that's like pretty intense mm-hmm. yeah for the type a people yeah it is it's i would say doing triathlons and doing martial arts especially the type of martial arts that i did which was grappling arts um mm-hmm. you get beat up a lot and that yeah. really sort of helped me psychologically people say rock climbing is also good for brain cancer just because it forces you to take your time go slow and puzzles yeah um, but just sort of there's a lot of suffering that's involved in terms of in just endurance sports and martial arts that I that, that I was doing and that kind of helped me mentally I think I don't want to say tougher but it, it helped me I think manage some of the darker days being like it's like this sucks and it's way harder than any race I've done or yeah. any sparring session that I've had I mean it's just like I would not wish any type of cancer on anyone that I know even my worst enemy at this point it's just I mean it's hard to see the little light at the end of the tunnel it just is uh, that's where I'm at right now so 
Well, with your experience in martial arts, I imagine that you know what your body is capable of. Um, Like, you know what you can endure, and you know that you've been through hard things, so maybe it makes it easier. Like, I I recognize the same thing in athletes. Like, Mm -hmm. athletes, I think, have an easier easier time going through cancer Mm -hmm. because you know more what your body is capable of and you've pushed those limits before so our subtitle is victories in the dark for our podcast and i think that's sort of what we're talking about here because i think when you're doing athleticism or changing your life in any sort of way there's usually some pain involved you know and i think that that's that's what sort of what we're talking about here is you find these victories and growth through pain and expanding. I mean, my, my doctors actually did tell me, by the way, that because I've been pretty athletic and, you know, I've, I'm a big yoga teacher and I've done a lot of running. and stuff. They told me they're like, this, this is going to help you because your body has done a lot of muscle repair and you're used to a level of pain that you don't even realize. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What it's really helped me with is, I think, pain management. Um, yeah, also, me too. I mean, we both not- agree with that. There's this there's this stage when you're in treatment, which is sort of the acute stage, and it's almost easier in some ways because I was exhausted like you are. Not not probably not to the extent, but I was sleeping like 18 hours a day at a certain point. And um, then I got through that and then I expected everything to be better. <laughs> and it was not. Because you, you end up going back to work. Spoiler alert. Right. You end up going back to work and back to your normal life. And then you have to adjust to, okay, like you said, you can accept the new baseline, but where do you find that? And how do you design your life to that? So there's this period afterwards. And that's one of the reasons we started the podcast, too, was not just for the stage of that critical stage, but that stage, like, sort of the stages in between the critical stuff and then the stage afterwards, which hopefully exists for some of us it doesn't but you know for for all of us if we do continue living after that diagnosis and treatment there's weird afters and i know that if i get a recurrence it's going to be a different new after after that too you know it's just it's been kaleidoscopic and it's one of the things we've been reflecting on is like who has a cancer posse to turn to in these times and like who on earth wants to make friends during that time like well, and in a community that's transitory like it yeah. can be really hard to engage with the cancer community because like people are dying <laughs> yeah it's been hard i've been very um, limited in my engagement more recently because my oncologist actually said to me she said very bluntly um you know you're dealing a little depression right now you do a lot for the cancer community that's great love the podcast however Maybe you just need to forget about this for a little while. Yeah, I have an issue with that. I was listening to this episode where you're talking about that, and it's pissing me off. Yeah, what do you because, think? What do you think? Um, it was interesting, right? I think that is a horrible oncologist. I don't think you can move on. I don't think – I am very much uh, – I know you did an episode about moving on and talked about moving on versus moving yeah. forward. I'm very much about moving forward. I mean, maybe my attitude will change in time. Like I said, I've only been at this for a year, so I'm very much a newbie, but I am a different person. I have been redefined. I have cancer. I mean, it's right. the honest truth. It's like I don't want to control my life, but I can't ignore that it exists in my life. And I think saying, saying just forget about it, I think that's not a healthy attitude at all. I mean, I think that's yeah. actually a very bad attitude. And I would be furious if my oncologist said something like that to me. I would be. Um, so that's kind of my raw take on that. Yeah, I, mean, that I, mean, whole, I actually I respect a few, that. 
I had a different reaction, but I totally respect your reaction. I was surprised that she said it. Well, I don't think it's helpful to, like, ignore something and just put it in the corner and think that you can just not look at it and it'll be fine. Like, you need to incorporate it into your new self, your future self. Like, you have to cohere your experiences, and you can't do that by, like, making a room and, like, just not opening it. And to be fair to my oncologist, she did say, she prefaced this by saying, if it's feeding you and making you feel good, that's great. But if you're, if it's not, maybe play a little bit with that. And I'm feeding you and making you feel good. Well, you're feeding me. Are yeah, you but feeding tonight? I think I will. Yes. I'll feed you tonight. That's part of our deal. Um, but, yeah, I think that for me, I think it was a little bit, I think what she was picking up on, to be fair, was the fact that I was getting more engaged in the cancer community and I was doing some production on people that were having recurrences. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think I would say, I mean, like I said, maybe my attitude will change over time. But where I'm at right now anyways, that one of the most positive things I have in my life right now is doing this series and reaching out to people and talking to them about their experience. I mean, I find it highly motivating. I mean, if you go through all the episodes, they're not really depressing stories i mean yeah. i mean even yeah. the most recent one a guy has glioblastoma and is gonna die probably within the next two years more than anything even his story is actually fairly positive i mean he's still just acting as if like i don't know he's acting canadian so i mean it, people can check the episode out for themselves but <laughs> yeah. he's super canadian <laughs> Well, I'm always interested in the people who, instead of turning inward at a time where they're, you know, struggling to survive, mm. they turn outward and talk to people like and what you're doing and transform. But it's it's kind of amazing because as you're working through it yourself, you're like inviting other people into your journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's part of creating that cancer tribe that you wish you had when you started the process, right? And you, you can start to gather that tribe together and that messaging together. I mean, it took me a while, and I think it took you a while too, to figure out what my feelings were about this process. Because, you know, like it took maybe like a solid year of starting to then I started to like you know articulate oh this is how I feel about it I've never been a patient for anything before and I, what it was like I process through like talking to other survivors because there's mm-hmm. things that like I never thought about that they're talking about on Twitter and I yeah. I get to think about that aspect of treatment and recovery instead of just I don't know muddling through without having the words to talk about what I'm going through. Yeah, and learning about other kinds of cancer, too, like, like you know, the brain cancer, the glioblastomas. I feel like it's been, we've had a rich, rich few months of brain cancer, actually. We've had an education. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I wouldn't mind getting into talking about that. One thing I did want to say is just sort of talking about a cancer tribe is that one of the other things that kind of got to me in the episode, the I think it was Existential Angst, mm-hmm. the name of whatever the episode is, um, where you guys were talking about social media and how Twitter is kind of like talking to yourself or whatever, but I've actually had the opposite experience, at least with brain cancer. Almost everybody I've interviewed, I've met through Twitter or, 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 um, I had some, made some really good friends, uh, Facebook closed groups. I mean, I have one group that I'm part of that's been a lifesaver. That's really, cause it, I mean, it's all brain cancer people, but that's really cool. That's really cool. Subgroup. I just, I really like thinking about that. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting. Well, yeah. it's it's nice to find your people because, like, my people aren't just, like, breast cancer patients. Yeah. Like, right. it's so much more. Like, it took me a long time to find 
someone that I felt like, oh, yeah, Me I too. guess. Right. Me too. Like, this is, like, the one friendship that I have. Like, right. someone that <laughs> For cancer friends. This is my cancer friend, Leanna. I really love her. We started a podcast. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, what do the breast cancer, brain cancers have in common and what, what's different. Oh. So um, I thought that would be kind of an interesting area to explore because, like I said before, like, the thing I like about your podcast is that I think it gets people thinking about, like, what the experience for the, the patient might be like, um, if it's something that might happen to you, and hopefully not, but uh, you, what you can anticipate is because there's a lot of tips and, th- and hacks and things like that that, that I think are helpful. Um, Thank you. Um, um, and I, I believe on some level all cancers are, are sort of connected, so um, you just sort of suffer in different ways, suffer in the same way too, certainly psychologically all cancers I think sort of mess with your head because ultimately, I mean, even if you're, you get it under control, I mean, your cancer never really goes away. I mean, it's like just, there's may not be signs of it in your system, but there's always the possibility that they come out. I mean, I know somebody who had a full resection of their tumor and two years later, they had a, had same spot. So obviously something was missed. Something at the cellular level that we haven't quite discovered yet. So, um, but uh, not to bring the room down too much. <laughs> because hey cancer is cheerful. It can come back. <laughs> brain cancer is the best kind of cancer. It's you the most have, uplifting of cancers. No, you have the most cancer cred. Right, it is true. Everyone's like brain cancer. I know. I'm going to publish my cancer cred. I mean, pancreatic cancer is pretty fucking bad, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say. Pan- I would say. I actually feel fortunate that it's brain cancer. I know it scares a lot of people. Um, but, uh, um, but it's very much an invisible cancer, I think. Um, just because, I mean, on on a good day, if I'm feeling good and I'm active, you wouldn't know that there's anything different between me now and the Rudy from two years ago. I mean, you really wouldn't. You you appear just on the surface. We don't know who you were two years ago, but you appear on the surface to be pretty vibrant. Yeah. But I, I know how that is to feel crap underneath that vibrancy there too. That was... Um, but you don't, you, you kept your hair though, which is sort of nice. Yeah. I, I actually was one of the cancer people who was, I was in radiation. I kept all my hair. I lost just a little bit, a little strip. Going back. Yeah. And I gained like 50 pounds. So. The weight gain was unexpected for us too. Like I thought I'd get really skinny, not all like bloaty salt bag. Like it's the worst. Yeah. My wife, before I started chemo and radiation was all like bringing me shakes every day. It's like, we need to fatten you up because you're going to lose a bunch of weight. And like, like, no. How worst diet plan ever. I've never Chemo. eaten so little and gained so much weight. I mean, I got to a point where I'm like, how is this happening? It was like I was watching myself grow. And it has come off. The interesting thing, when it came off for me, I don't know if it'll be the same for you, I did get lots of little weird rashes as the fat burned off with, like, the chemo. And it was interesting. But, yeah, I tried to do it positively. Like, things are leaving. Ugh. Things are leaving. So talking about differences between breast cancer and brain cancer um, and brain cancer and really all other cancers, Mm -hmm. because the chemotherapy that they give to brain cancer is like extra uber, really, really, really strong. Especially for young people, right? anything to get past that blood brain barrier. Exactly. I was very aware. I have the greatest chance of getting brain cancer over any other cancer. It is the only thing that my oncologists are really worried about. And I am too. And so 
at the near sort of like actually kind of like all throughout my treatment I did a lot of work with oregano oil I did a lot of work with tea tree oil uh, birch oil all sorts of tree oils in addition to the taxol treatments that I was going to just to really increase the power for things to get through the blood brain barrier um, brain cancer is probably my biggest fear and I recently well, had a chance just to, to add to your fear is that there's actually no sign of cancer in my blood at all if you do blood tests on me there's no sign of cancer in my system it's only through MRIs that they um, can detect that there's a tumor there so right um, and it was the same my blood test good stuff. wow it's amazing but that's your jujitsu training I think too it's like your body is young and healthy you know what I mean like around that issue um, yeah, I mean, I, feel, I think I was pretty healthy. I'm, I'm pretty good. Sh- I was in pretty good shape for a middle-aged male. Um, and that certainly has helped me through this journey, but I think it also did make it a little bit co- more complicated to diagnose me because That's, I totally yeah. believe that Us, that was my case too, because you're yeah. otherwise totally healthy and way, way more than average. My doctor told me my exhaustion was caused by my neuroticism of launching a project, which was kind of a serious project. He was like, don't let the farmers make you nervous and send me away. <laughs> Stage 2B breast cancer. No big deal. I'm yeah. very glad. My my doctor took it very, very Yeah, seriously. you had a very good experience. It was a very positive catch. Yes. Surprising catch. And I was like, no big deal. It's fine. Yeah. But anyway, so I just want to say, like, brain cancer has been very much to me, like, sort of like, in my mind, like, next stage for me. And that's where it holds a place for me personally. Um, it's something that I keep an eye out for. And I personally know someone um, who got a lumpectomy with the same diagnosis as me, who then went on to have brain metastases that then metastasized to the rest of her body and died um, the day before my second infusion of um, my medicine that I ever got. So my, you know, my IV was TDM1. Um, so that informed a lot of my choices, actually, of getting a bilateral mastectomy to really eliminate the possibility of additional stem cells making their way up to my brain. Um, well, one thing that I'll say that uh, maybe make you feel a little better is you, you're into Bikram yoga heavily, right? So Yeah, so I do the heat shock do you treatment do, do a lot. You, do you any meditation or anything like that at all? Yeah, totally, all the time. I mean, I'm a yogi and an athlete, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's been huge. A lot of the long-term survivors are really big into that in terms of managing it and holding it off. And and I, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they did a study, but if they did a study, um, um, if it would show that people who are heavily involved in yoga, but I mean, I know that just being very mindful and focusing on your breathing a lot um, has been sh- been very beneficial to a lot of people that I know with brain cancer or um, I had a friend who had a type of a cancer that spread all over and he's heavily into yoga and he believes it stopped the spread of his yoga, of his cancer mm-hmm. um, to a certain extent. I mean, who knows for real, but I mean, it's, I mean, even just, um, just the practice of, of the meditation has helped. It's helped me you know, personally in terms of, of just getting through some of the rough days too, just like focusing on each moment at a time, each breath at a time. Um, when I was in radiation, certainly um, I would I would count my breaths and focus on each breath that was going through my body as I was laying on the tel- table with my mask on, and it helped me get through that because five or six weeks of radiation it gets to you after a while the mask sounds oh. really horrifying to us we've heard about the mask I've seen people. the mask I've, I'm like 
it's a little claustrophobic making it seems to an outsider i can imagine that the meditation and the breath work is critical (laughs) yeah it's 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 cool but i I actually like the mask i thought that was the coolest part when i got they let me keep the mask i'm actually going to be painting it with my kids soon want to put a paper mache brain in it turn into a little art project Oh, are you gonna do a video of it? Yeah, we'll do a video of it. And when it right. meant to do it a few weeks great. ago, but it, it just whatever happened, and so we'll do it again sometime over the summer. Um, so, um, in terms of, I mean, it seems like the big difference. I mean, the big difference between brain and breast cancer is certainly the treatment. Um, as Douglas McRae, the guy with GM, who's going to die in a year or two, said, it's like, it, I mean. They do. There is brain cancer treatment is pretty nasty, but there's not a whole lot of experimentation. There's really only three or four different protocols that different doctors will follow because there's not really a whole lot they can do. I mean, it's not a. uh, It's it's one of the less least curable cancers that there is. So that's psychologically daunting. I mean, it's not like a difference from breast cancer is that like. I can't get, I mean, I can, I did have part of my brain removed. I can't have my whole brain removed to get rid of it. Exactly. That's right. You need, that. it's a critical piece of your functioning. Especially my brain stem. Um, yeah, which, I don't need that. Um, so that's a big difference. Um, certainly the medicines are nastier. I'll give you that. Um, so you guys win that part of the, the auction of suffering. I think our implant is better. Our implant is better than surgical cement, too. Oh my god, we win there. That's That's totally true. And people pay for boob jobs. People never pay for brain surgery, like cosmetically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, but some of the same. I think certainly psychologically, like you were alluding to before, with the identity issues, it's like. I mean, it just changes everything. I mean, I, I can't spend yeah. as much time with my kids, especially early on, right after my surgeries, it was loud noises got to me. And it's like a three-year-old and a five-year-old not making noises. It's like, it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I have balance issues, um, extreme fatigue, but, um, but, um, I mean, I can't complain. I know a guy who is who has paralysis. I don't have that. I mean, I think also, too, the sort of symptoms are all over the place. You can get – it manifests itself in different ways. I don't really have any physical deficits other than my left hand has this sort of weird tremor to it. That happened to me when I was going through chemotherapy and it yeah. went away. Yeah. They, may, they, they said that it may go away after I'm done with chemo if that ever happens. So we'll see. Um, sure. I, had, I had a similar weird, like involuntary. I was like, oh, great. Now I've got Parkinson's. It was like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it didn't seem to go away. And it was on the side that I had the majority of cancer too. I don't know. But well, yeah. we've talked about how a lot of the things that we say are side effects of cancer or side effects of cancer treatment. Right. They're side effects of the treatment you're getting. So that's, that's kind of weird that you're, I mean, going into the treatment that will have a detrimental effect on you. Right. It's one of those things you have to really do mind over matter and yeah. brain cancer even more so. Yeah, you really do. And we have another special guest. This is my wife, Cecily, who has been Hi, Cecily. Hi. My, my primary caregiver, um, which has been very important. Um, and I think that's yeah. common between uh, breast cancer and brain cancer. Is it's really important to have good people around you. And I, my wife has been a lifesaver, literally. I mean, she's the one that got me to get a second opinion. She t- forced me to go to the ER when I was having complications from my initial biopsy and saved my life. 
Um, she argues with the doctors and the insurance companies for me. Um, cause my Thank you. Yes, we can do it. This is That's right. Mimi and Leon. Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, breast cancer survivors? Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And we're cancer friends, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're Rudy's cancer friends. Exactly. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's like a bond that no one understands unless you're going through it. So, yeah. It's true. All right. I got to go put the kids to bed. Okay. Thank you. Cecily, have a good night. Thank you. We wrapped this up too soon. Get, get some food? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, we talked almost an hour, which is quite a bit, so. It's really a lot longer than I thought, but but hopefully there's some good stuff in here for people to hear. Um, the uh, uh, commonality, yeah, it's certainly psychologically, um, the treatment, going through that, I mean, manifests itself in different ways, but it's all horrible anyway. I mean, in its own way, I mean, it's like pain. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't have breasts, but I can only imagine how painful that whole process. I've heard some women, after they get their mastectomies, have to sleep with their arms over their heads and things like that. And um, I just imagine that's just horrendous. And you can get your boobs removed, which is pretty psychologically like thing, um, damaging and, and hard to deal with. Um, and it can still come back. So I mean, you don't have to actually have to have breasts to get breast cancer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, it's, it's totally true. I mean, it's totally true. And I think, again, like the fact that we're able to, the fact that so many women get breast cancer and that have paved the way for us has made our way so much easier too. I mean, it was uncomfortable going through the mastectomy and it was uncomfortable going through reconstruction, but it was nothing like what our forebears went through in the 80s. Yeah. Nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, it was. it's been so much better even talking about it has gotten a lot better because right. like 50 years ago, people weren't talking about this at all. And Everyone certainly not going on. publicly. Like you couldn't say breast or cancer in a lot of like publications or whatever. And we've had a lot of people who've had cancer that have been very public about it, like celebrities. Right. And now it's politicians, politicians. politicians. And so right. I think, I think that it's a better climate all around for survivors and being able to find the one other person in Knoxville, Tennessee who has yeah. brain cancer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was my wife who found hers. Uh, my wife has actually been far more active in support groups than I have. I should, I should be more active, but, um, but that's a male thing, I think. Um, just sort yeah, of, I was just about to say, it's also, some of us are just better off at doing our own thing in general. Like, I'm not going to become suddenly a group person because I had cancer. Do you know what I mean? Like, sorry, I did my why, own thing. That's yeah. why we have the podcast. Right, exactly. Exactly. We just, it's like you, like, we just do a podcast, you do a YouTube, whatever. You know, it's all good. Some people write poetry. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, some people it's write definitely... poems on Twitter. She does that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I saw the haikus, all that. So, um, the, um, uh, what was it, where's I going? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. It's, it's getting to be that time. Okay, yeah, it is, it is. But this was awesome. Thank this you so awesome. much for having us on. Yes, thank mm -hmm. you for our, our um, YouTube debut. I think thank we you. did amazing. I just said it more straight when we said that. Yes. <laughs> and uh, if your viewers want to find us, we are on... Yes. Um, we're at thankscancer.com and we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at th as thankscancer. And iTunes and Google, right? Google Play? Oh, 
Yes, you iTunes and Google Play, wherever you find wherever your you podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, you can just Google Cancer Podcast. We pop up. Well, guess, <laughs> and like I said before, I mean, I think I think you don't need to have cancer to enjoy the program. Um, Thank you. Or even if you do have cancer, um, uh, I think you can get a lot for it, uh, a lot out of it, like I do. I mean, I have a different t- type of cancer, but. Um, but I still, it definitely still applies, especially some of the early episodes I was listening to today. Um, I got a lot out of those, um, like the terminology and things to say to people and, and all that. Um, I think there's some really entertaining stuff, and I think you guys are kind of fun to talk to, to listen to as well. So um, I highly recommend you check out the Thanks Cancer uh, podcast. Um, I wish there was something like, like that for um, brain cancer specifically, um, but there's not. So at least that I know of. There Just is start it yourself. There is the brain cancer diaries on YouTube. Exactly. There's you. It. You're doing which, it. I highly recommend. I think you're getting coffee with or getting pope with a cancer patient in cars is way better than anything Jerry Seinfeld put out. I agree. I yeah, agree. I think no, it's got it was some beautiful. <laughs> I think it's got, I bet you got some inroads to Joe Rogan and. Actually, I do, um, but we'll see. Okay. Pull, pull, pull the cancer card. Yeah. <laughs> and you pull me in with you because he's my make-believe boyfriend. So, you know, uh, it's okay. We're going to make it happen. We're going to ride your coattails to greatness. Well, actually, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Joe Rogan is a big Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. That's a martial art that I did. Yeah. Of course I know that he's my make-believe boyfriend. I have to know that. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he actually... He actually uh, trains regularly with a friend of mine, so I may be able to make it happen for you. I mean, no, you should make it happen for yourself and just invite us along with you, because, you know, just invite us to an after party. Yeah, Yeah, no, I was just talking talking about a hookup, so I know he's married, but whatever. My wife, it's not stopping my wife from pursuing Tom Hardy, so... Keep fears. Stay. Keep fears. Yeah. And watch your real fight. Watch that post-cancer hoe phase. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll warn my wife. She keeps having nightmares about me like leaving her. I'm like, with what? I sleep 18 hours a day. I'm in bed, and even when I'm out of bed, like I'm about to fall over. How am I gonna cheat on you? It's like, and plus also too. I mean. Cancer meds, the the chemo they put you on, make your yeah. testosterone level drop through the, the basement. So watch out if you get off it. God bless. Just wait because it is like something, and you have a whole new appreciation for the transitions that people make. It's an interesting experience walking down the street with a whole bunch of testosterone going through your body. For a this was awesome. <laughs> this was. It was amazing talking to you. And you are the second man on our podcast. Yay, I'm number two. I'm number two. And first brain cancer. First brain cancer. Yeah. Best brain cancer. Best brain cancer. That was our episode. Thanks for listening to Thanks Cancer. If you guys enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And you can find us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook at Thanks Cancer. And please, we'd love to hear from you, your stories, your protocols, exactly advice that you have to share with the community. So send us your audio files at info at thanksCancer.com. Traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself where is my cancer unicorn but we're at the gate with your cancer card we're your passport date cause cancer's damn hot
victories in the dark. <laughs>